And voila, that is how you balance this equation. I looked at the long string of symbols and C's, O's, and H's, and 2's, and tertiary levels, and I was amazed. It was wizardry. And my tutor looked at me, and they were like, all you have to do is work backward. This is Michelle Spiva, and I want to thank you for joining me on today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. And I am going to be seeing you on the flip where we talk about inversion, reverse engineering, and all that stuff to solve the hard things of life. I'll see you on the flip. I was really grateful for having had the opportunity to encounter tough stuff and the stuff that I encountered during college and into uh, post-college life taught me to look at things from all different angles. Now, I've talked many times on this podcast about changing your uh, focal point, looking for different levels, realms, understandings, point of views, and all of that. And so you're pretty familiar if you've listened to more than a few of my um, podcasts on how I stand on that. No, today I want to talk about uh, a tactic that I knew but didn't understand the value of it until I had a conversation with a person of affluence. Now, I have talked in the past about uh, a book that I recommend, uh, No BS Marketing to Affluent to the affluent by uh, Dan Kennedy and some other books uh, that delve into what it is like when you, when you're able to remove the obstacle of uh, lack of finances or lack of money to do things. That world is different, uh, but it, it has the same types of challenges, but from different orientations. And I had a conversation with a person who was affluent and I was going through something dealing with finances. And he said to me, so what if you lose it all? What happens? So what if your worst fears come to pass? There is probably going to be a second, a moment, an hour after that. What do you do? If that happens and he waited and he's like, you're going to tell me. And I was surprised, first of all, that he uh, was talking to me. I can't tell you, I can't remember how we got on the actual phone, but, but we did. And it was just a weird kind of situation um, that I would be talking to this person of this stature. And he was like, so what? And I was like, well, and he's like, well, um, have you ever been able to regain lost ground? I was like, yeah. And so he took me through all these different questions. But then this is what he said to me that really brought things home. And he was, you have to be willing to look at all the possible failures that you can come up with of what can go wrong. And he said, really get the emotional impact of that. Really feel what it's like to suffer, endure the pain or whatever it is that's causing you any fear around what you're attempting to do or what you need to do. He said, but the good thing is, is do this before it actually happens. And then, and he used the term reverse engineer. He said, reverse engineer it so that you can make sure it doesn't happen. 
I would later go on to realize that what he was teaching me is something that billionaires use all the time. And it's called inverse strategy or inversion tactics. Now, companies have used this uh, because they've had to. But now we have individuals that wield so much power, so much wealth, that they have to think like little companies or even little countries with how much they control and are responsible for. And so what they do and they must do is employ a strategy of reverse engineering, which is actually called inversion tactics. Now, there is this famous German math. A mathematician uh, by the name of Carl Gustav Jacob Jacobi. Now, he's famous for having said invert, always invert. And he was the one who said that the hardest problems are solved when they are addressed backwards, meaning get to the finish point, the solution, and don't try to look for the right answer or the best scenario. Look for each scenario that will come up and then work backwards. And I've actually used this in my own business. And I'm I'm just going to tell you right now, part of the wisdom smack is you don't have to be rich to use inversion strategy and inversion tactics. You don't. All you have to do is be able to trust that If you work back, you're going to see things that you possibly would not have seen if you were only trying to work toward a good outcome. I've done this when I've gotten stuck in uh, writing a a novel. Um, I have uh, been able to help a lot of people get out of having written themselves on a wall by simply asking a question of, and then what went wrong? What could go wrong here? And they write what can go wrong. And because of how we're wired, the brain will figure out a way to get you out of that mess. Going back to that conversation I had with that um, that gentleman who took that time, and I thank him to this day, <laughs> I started realizing that without revision, there can be no improvements. And the, the tricky thing about revision is, is that it has this word called vision in it. And to redo something is to reconsider it, reobserve it, respect it, and all of that. And what he was telling me was, he's like, you know what? You can't see a path to your success. So why don't you see the path that's already laid out before you of demise? Just just. Just go through it. Allow all of the crying and all of the emotion around it to happen. But do it before it actually happens. Pretend it has happened. And then revise how you got there. Because you can do that before you actually get there. And by just simply using this inversion of my world and in my inversion of my situation, I saw things differently. Hindsight is still 2020. Hindsight does not have to happen after the actual event. It can happen after you have played the game in your mind, gone through the scenario. You know, this inversion uh, is slightly different from re-engineering because it is of your making. A lot of times when people reverse engineer, that they're taking something that someone else has done and to try to figure out how they got there. 
when you do inversion, when you flip, when you invert, what you're doing is, is you are looking for all the failure points of your crap, of your stuff, all the stuff that you theoretically did wrong, all the stuff that went wrong. So the things you controlled, the things you couldn't control, and the things that could happen. And you planned, I mean, well, you'll get to that point, but you looked for worst case scenarios. You looked for things that out of the blue could throw things off and went to that end, went to that scary point of all the failure points. See, that was the thing that I had to learn about inversion strategy is that it's not just one thing that you lose. No, there are many ways you can lose. There's many ways you can mess it up. There are many things that can happen. There are different areas that these inversion tactics will take on. What is the timing? What if the timing goes wrong? What if this person doesn't do this thing by this time? What if this uh, resource or this money doesn't come in? What's the ripple effect of that? And by forcing myself to have gone through that in that exercise, when I was talking to that gentleman and talking it out, he was like, yeah, that's pretty scary. And I was like, yeah, why'd you make me do that? He says, because now that you have gone through that and dare to see it in your mind, you have triggered your your mind to do what it does best. And our minds, we are made to solve. Have you ever had a looping dream that kept you up? And it doesn't have to have been anything important. It may have been that you watched a movie and for whatever reason, your mind is still trying to figure out uh, another scenario for it or still playing it out. And you're stuck in this mental looping. Usually if you wake yourself up and you try to go back to sleep and say, I'm not going to think about that, that doesn't matter. But if you go back to sleep or if you continue to sleep and you figure out a way to give yourself a a satisfying ending, then you're fine and you move on. We are made to solve. We are made to figure things out. And with inversion strategy, you take the failure points You take the things that will cause you to miss your mark, and that's what you go back and revise. Now, the thing I like about how um, people approach the inversion uh, strategy is you don't look for for the glory. You don't look for what you're going to gain. You look at that as a foregone conclusion somewhere else that says, okay, when I figure this out, I will have X, Y, or Z. But you don't work towards, I'm going to have X, Y, or Z. You work towards fixing the problems, fixing the failures, and fixing the points of duress, the, the stress, fac- stress factors on your plan, on your system, on your theory, on your product, on you, on your relationship, on everything that could go wrong or is a failure point. One of the things that I really like about this way of looking at things is that it allows me to have my freak out first. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I have to sometimes remind myself when I am just forward thrusted and just like digging into something, I have to remind myself that I don't have to wait until the actual boogeyman shows up. I can 
make him show up and find different ways on my timing to defeat him before he actually has a chance. I can do things to stop him from the inevitability of showing up. And I want to talk about this part with the uh, inversion uh, tactics. So like the strategy of inversion is to invert, to look backward. The different tactics that I'm talking about are these types of things like finding all the failure points. Do not focus on the gain or the success. The next one is, is the trigger. These, this particular tactic has clues for when it's being called forth. And one of the main or major clues that I have started to learn that, hey, I need to have an inversion strategy on this is dread. Now, dread in my world and how I was trained is dread is a um, cousin of anxiety. Yeah, dread and anxiety kind of live in the same family. So whereas depression is uh, uh, unresolved anger or frustration about the past, anxiety is that for the future. And so is dread. So dread has, it tells you all of the things, not tells you all of the things, but it, it, it tells you emotionally all of the things that you may not be consciously focused on about something coming up. And they don't have to be logical. They can be. You could be dreading something because you've had previous history, or you could be dreading something because you don't know. You just don't want to do it. You don't want to go. You're counting down the time until the boogeyman shows up. And so I have looked at dread to snap me out of hopscotching to the future without a plan. See, that's one of the things that I really like about having an inversion strategy is that when you start to see that dread, and I'm going to talk about timing too as another clue, but when you start to sense that dread um, and it starts to to weigh you down, it's because there is some type of emotional or, or invisible drag coefficient that's weighing on you, trying to have you be in two different or multiple places at the same time. Now, bear with me as I as I walk you through this. So when you have dread, you're dreading something that's coming up. It can be tied to previous experience or it could be irrational. It does not matter. But when you have dread and that, that dread is weighing down on you, it's because you're being pulled to a future point without a plan. And so that's why I say that Dread is a pretty good indicator that it's time to use your inversion tactics to get get a plan, to get insight, to change some things, you know, to do all of those things that you can to mitigate that loss. Now, that's the next thing that I want to talk about when we're talking about tactics. So your tactics are the things you do to pull off your strategy. Okay, so with the inversion, this is one of the times when you can use time to your side, okay? Now, do not at me, do not write me saying, well, what if it's, I, I have to have a million dollars tomorrow? Uh, that uh, inversion, I don't think that's going to really work that well. It will work a little bit, but not that well if you don't 
already have somewhere that you've built up that you could go and get a, a million dollars from, like a credit lines, rich friends, or you know, sell something. Um, so you know, I'm not I'm not talking about those those drastically impossible things. I am talking about a way of uh, planning and being so that you can continue to move forward. Okay, so you have dread, then you have timing. So when you're looking at your timing, you're looking at how many failure points are you coming up with? How much time does it realistically take for you to implement what these failure points are showing you? And the thing about timing is, if you say, I have, um, I, I have to generate X amount of dollars for next month's bills, and you look at all the things that could go wrong, uh, clients don't uh, cancel or invoices don't get paid at the right time or um, something happens to some of your equipment where you have to replace it or any of the myriad things that can happen. And I'm using a business example for this just for, for my ability to get through it fast. You have to kind of try to mitigate for that, which means, means that you might have to come up with a secondary or a fallback, fallback plan. So that might mean instead of just relying on your equipment, you may have to figure out, is there a way for me to make sure that I can rent something to pull this off and, you know, in case the stress of whatever I'm doing causes my equipment to, to fail? Or it may be, okay, I... Um, like for instance, I'll give you a real, real, real world scenario. Um, I'm having air, air condition issues and uh, to the point where I'm going to have to rip out everything and replace it, which is a, a, a lot of um, money to come up with. And so in the meantime and in between time, because I've been doing my inversion tactics, I've been able to do a loss mitigation plan so that um, I have a few options to use while I am working on generating the funds for this. So that means having gotten um, a portable uh, AC unit. That means checking out the local libraries and figuring out, you know, uh, what days I'm going to do Starbucks, which is around the corner now because they just built one. And which days I'm going to do uh, the library uh, when the little kiddos aren't doing their little activities you know, because it's summertime and so the library is really hopping around here. Um, it also means uh, checking in to see if our local um, meetup uh, meeting space is available on the off times when it costs a little less just to make sure that I can do my videos and my trainings uh, without um, the blaring noises of people um, in a setting. Because I'm going to tell you all, the library is not quiet like it used to be. Nope, sure isn't. You know, so there are different little things that you deal with because you now know the questions. You know, so the the end of it is, is the obvious is when you're looking at the failure points or something like that. What if I miss my deadline? What if I fail? What if uh, no one buys it? What if um, I'm unable to deliver on what I've promised? What if um, I can't? 
get the online technology to work because that does happen. The technology guys can be cruel when you got a deadline and you're trying to get something going. And so all of those different what ifs go into a list. And then I start working on how to mitigate them. And so the so if the first thing is, is a, a good clue or a trigger is if you're dreading something, now that doesn't always have to happen, but it can happen. Okay, so you can have dread, you can have your time that you're working with. And the next thing is, is focus. So instead of focusing on all the stuff that you want to get done, you prioritize by focusing on loss mitigation first. Meaning, focus on fixing the stuff that has a high probability of going wrong. High probability stuff varies depending on what you're trying to do. So, for instance, if you're trying to do something like I do with launching online, don't just have one option for how you're going to deliver your products, your services, and your goods. Like, I don't have one way to record and upload my videos. I have five because I've had to learn over the years that you got to keep it moving. And if one doesn't work, you got to have the next one. Uh, your platforms, all of these different things. I have um, kept started to keep a list of stuff that could and has a high propensity for going wrong. And the thing that I'm going to tell you after, so you've done your dread, you've done your time, now you've done your focus on loss mitigation and prioritizing. The next thing after that is your memory writing down or having a running list of stuff that tends to go wrong. That is one of the biggest takeaways since I've been doing this that I have learned that you not only need to see um, patterns, but you need to see uh, tendencies and symbols of, uh, of stuff. For one person, it might be uh, finding the uh, resources human resources to get something done. Whereas for another person, it could be coming up with the financial resources. For another person, it could be coming up with the time. I know a lot of people that are like, I wish I had the time, but because I am a parent to young children in a, um, you know, in, in, in that they need my time, I have my job, I have my spouse, I have my family and community, they have a problem with the time issue. So you want to write down those things. And I'm going to tell you, the first time you start uh, using your inversion strategies to, to get stuff accomplished, all hell is going to break loose. It's going to be like someone says, uh, let's get her, let's get him, you know, and work towards that. And now the, 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 the bigger one, the biggest one that I want to talk about um, past the clues of dread, uh, your timing, how to focus on your loss mitigation, and then putting down things that you have learned from your memory or your past of things that tend to go wrong uh, or things that you know are specific to you is this part. And that is do not entertain your mental critic, your internal critic, who wants you to set up a good defense for your limitations. When I started doing uh, the inversion strategy and tactics, I did not know that there was going to become a world-class defense lawyer for all of my limitations coming to fight me on this. There is a book by Stephen Pressfield called The War of Art. And it is, oh my gosh, you need to read it. 
Now, you would think that uh, talking about uh, inversion tactics to mitigate loss and to help you achieve things, I would tell you some big uh, self-help, you know, uh, like a, a G- Jenny Sincerio, you are a BA, you know, uh, a bad A or something like that. And yeah, I might, you know, say, yes, go for it. But one of the big, biggest influences when it comes to me being able to figure out my inversion strategies and tactics to get stuff done has been Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. So it's a take on um, the art of war. So it's the war of art. And that is whenever you start uh Something that has anything to do with the creative, the muses, all of those things of putting something new together, there is going to be something called resistance. And this is the one, that's why I I listed as the last one. It is resistance. It's that defense attorney. It is, it's the, the, the law of, um, I, I forget. See, I want to say it, but I, I'm 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 blanking out. So just say, uh, the whatever can go wrong. Wh- Murphy's law. Thank you. So it's Murphy's law. It's it's everything. It can be where it's not even anything in your mind. It can be you say this weekend I have a portion this weekend out to work on X, Y, and Z, and I'm doing that so that I'll have this ready. Uh, in case something else doesn't go wrong. And I'll be darn gosh darn it if one of your kids doesn't get sick and have to have uh, around the clock monitoring of their illness. Something like that. I mean, it is, it's, oh, it's insidious because it's stuff that you can say is realistically the situation. And you're like, what the heck is going on? So resistance, that is a big one that is triggered. Now, if you're not a person in the arts, whether it be creative arts, uh, um, healing arts or, or whatever it is, where you produce something for a living and you provide those services or that information or whatever it is, products for, for people, maybe you haven't come up against this. But one of the things I love about Uh, Stephen Pressfield's book is he talks about how you can always tell what you're supposed to be doing because that's where your resistance lies. If you're not supposed to be doing it, it's a freeway. But if you are, it's like trying to cross over Armageddon on a cobweb. It is very hard for you to achieve it and resistance will show up no matter what. So that last one is don't argue or build a defense for your limitations. Do not uh, give up or give in to resistance. Don't believe that hype. It is not a defense. It is an obstacle and you can get over it. You can get over that. Yeah, you've tried this 50 billion times before, but this time you're going to win. You can achieve it, not because you want it so bad, but because you are reversing uh, all of the things that could go wrong that you know about. And I'm going to tell you another thing. Usually when I am doing reverse tactics, I have to write down the stuff that goes wrong because no matter how many times I've tried to think of something that could go wrong, something that I didn't think of or could not have ever imagined in a million years will go wrong. 
So guess what happens? After I have, especially after I've published a book, I go back while it's fresh and I put it on my list of things to look out for. Remember, that's number three. So remember, number one is, you know, look for the clues. And a, a, a lot of times the clues are like dread of, of fearing something coming up. Uh, the next one is looking at your timing and starting to work with your timing and letting your time help you dictate what to do, when to do it, who needs to do it. And then after that, looking at what has happened in the past. So that's the number three. That's where we get that list from. As you're doing stuff, taking the notes and being able to work through them so you can say, oh, okay, so that could possibly happen or this could happen. Now, I'm going to give you a great example if you want to see inversion strategies at their finest. People love how-to shows and craft shows. One of the ones that I really, really enjoy uh, are the D, uh, DIY, but they used to have this old one called um, This Old House. And when they would tackle something for this old house, you would see how they would go and they would do all their research and they would take all of their knowledge from how old houses behaved in um, the locale where they were centered and they would plan for that. Inevitably, something would go wrong that they could not have planned for. And you guessed it, it usually messes with their time, it messes with their resources, and it'll push it back. So then um, there was where they changed hosts and things. And I noticed that when they had the, the one guy, and I know the names, I'm just not calling them, <laughs> uh, he started putting in a contingency plan. He did it by a percentage. And so he was like, we know all these things are going to go wrong and this is the date and this is the money and the resources we're coming up with. So I'm going to put a percentage of contingency above that for monies, resources, time, and all of that. And we're going to build that in. And I noticed that his projects went really smooth because he did that. And so that's what I wanted to talk about, inversion strategy and tactics. It's used by people of great wealth, great wisdom to get things done. And the wisdom smack for you is you can do this. If there is something that you've tried to do and you can't seem to do it, try working backwards, inverted and solve for the failure points instead of trying to walk towards the victory. So guess what? My time is up and I sure do thank you for yours. This is Michelle Spiva with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. And guess, guess what? I'm going to see you tomorrow. But before you leave, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate and review. And don't forget to use our Amazon link that takes you directly to Amazon to support the show at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And I'm going to see you later. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.